did you get a chance to watch any of that Zach Morris's trash? Not only did I watch some of that, I watched several of them, and I have several thoughts. And I was going to ask. Oh my gosh! Because the moment I saw it, I was like, I need to show this to CJ because this is what he calls white boy logic. Like this is every (laughs) single episode is white boy logic. Oh yeah, no, it exactly is. And every single episode, you're just like, yeah, Zach Morris is the worst. Not only is he the worst, but he got an entire generation to like applaud him for his schemes yeah he is the worst piece of trash person how did he ever become the star the main character of the show what up bros what up bruh and welcome to bruh meets world what is bruh meets world i'm siege and i'm tc okay so speaking of zach morris where you at boy where you at Oh, with speaking of Zach Morris, um, I didn't really care for this episode, if I'm being honest. <gasps> you know what? This is you and me, and this is how we see things, but I liked this episode. It was, I mean, it's all right, but like, I mean, I could, I could easily do without it. The yeah, only I mean, great thing about this episode is that Jason Marsden's in it. That's yes, the only okay. great thing about yes, it. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. We're going to get into it, and I'm so excited. Okay, so let us get into it and start with our Tell Me About It. So, with the Tell Me About It, it says that Corey is assigned to act as the father of a modern family. Um. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I, I think there's more going on, but if you were just simplifying it, I think that's pretty on point. I mean, it, it does kind of ignore Eric's storyline, which I would argue is maybe the A story. That's what I was going to say. If anything, I was just a little bit upset. I was like, you're not wrong, but th- this episode is not about Corey. <laughs> yeah, Corey is more of an observer in this episode. He's observing Eric's behavior. He's observing the way Alan and Amy treat Eric. And then from there, he comes to his big conclusion. So, I mean, he definitely has the biggest learn I would say. Um, I don't know. I think Eric learns the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true too. So, I, I, yeah, Eric does definitely deserves to be at least mentioned in that. I would say exactly. I just think that Eric deserves to be mentioned. Uh, but anyway, um, let's get into it. Our opening scene: uh, Feeny is showing the class a scene of Leave It to Beaver. Um, and what do you think about that? Um, well, I I think that. And because of where the episode goes, I forgive it because it's more just saying like, hey, this is what a perceived traditional great American family looks like, which isn't wrong. That's Leave it to Beaver was that. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we stray away from that as the episode progresses. Well, not only that, but I thought it was a great reminder that Feeney goes that, you know, at this time, the census of the time period said that the modern family was a father, a mother, and two kids, which I thought was a great reminder that it's not even that, like, research had shown that this is how it should be or that this is what was healthy this is just what someone told us back in the 60s and we've kept this yeah it just seems it's it seems like um like when you imagine a family i don't know i just that's exactly what i imagine too and it's yeah but we feel that way because that's what we've been fed i mean sure i mean especially since i've been looking at and reading a lot of books on like uh humans throughout the years and like just our journey uh yeah most families were like huge so the idea that it would even be limited to two children and it's interesting too because at least for us like i can imagine like 
in the sixties and everything like that. But in the nineties, there was so much, like so many broken families on television. So yeah. many families were like, um, you know, you think of like step by step or you think of like, you know, family, uh, full house or something yeah. like that, you know, um, were these untraditional family members. So we, even growing up seeing that, it's funny that you and I still have that mindset of, a family is what Leave It to Beaver says. Exactly. And that's one thing I always, uh, whenever I talk to someone about how influential marketing is, I say the fact that as Americans, I can say grandma's homemade apple pie and everyone knows what I'm talking about, even though several people's grandmother has never made an apple pie. But like you oh, know yeah, yeah. what that's supposed to look like. Um, and that's in- impactful. And even you saying it, I'm imagining your grandma as being white. Is that yeah, weird? Exactly, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, that's exactly uh what people what comes to mind. So anyway, what Corey points out is that families are yesterday's news. Um <laughs> Well what he's referring to is the fact that uh he's like, you know, Feeney, you're a little late to this because we did like a family assignment last year. So if you're thinking of doing it this year, think again. Yeah, and then um Feeney is like, you know what, I agree with you, which what I really liked. Um <laughs> he's like, I agreed with you. And Corey's like, that's not like you. And he goes, well, here's the assignment. Uh, And Corey's like, yeah, that's the Feeny I know and love. Uh, And he's like, this year we're going to do ideal families and everyone's going to play a different role in this family. For example, uh, Mr. Hunter and Mr. Minkus are going to be brothers. To to be honest, I don't really understand why there are children or like multiple children per family unit in this class. I mean, I get that the four <laughs> fit like the four member family set up as the Leave It to Beaver tradition goes, um, is relevant, but there's only twelve kids in this class. So That's three there... sets of families. Okay, all right, yeah. Yeah. All right. That's three families, that's that three works. assignments to go through throughout the school day. Um, yeah, and I think it, it works perfectly, especially for what um uh, Feeney's trying to say within this class and also it would have been nice it would have been nice to just see like the tail end of the like the group before them you know what i mean yeah i agree with you i agree with you to get just some kind of variety and see how other uh students handled the assignment which i believe i'm concerned there's only four kids in this class oh as far as feeny's concerned it's like really clear (laughs) he has favorites um but yeah so Sean and Minkus are, of course, going to be brothers, and there's, like, this little... Which, even Feeney's just, like, um, he's like, oh, I'm excited for this. Like, he's trying to stir shit up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but what is, what is interesting about this is they're not just going to be a family unit. Each student has to describe what they think the other ideal version of that family member would be, and the students have to play that out, which I do think was an interesting uh, approach to the assignment. Yeah, and which I and this kind of goes to a bigger thing of uh relationship expectations. Yeah. And just like, you know, what do you believe the ideal person is versus versus like, you know, expectations versus reality, I guess. Um, which I feel is kind of a big learn to try to teach kids. I mean, we're when we're in Feeney's class, we're always going high bar here. Like you're a, right. You're right. You're not just learning PEMDAS, you're learning exactly how that affects, I don't know, the ecosystem. So because yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because this assignment doesn't seem to have anything to do with any of the core subjects. Uh, social studies. 
I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, social studies to me was more geography-based, but... Well, the only yeah. reason why I'm saying it is because with Feeney, he, I think whenever we do something like this, he either refers back to social studies or it's usually sure. with a book. Uh, so he can say literature, but No, yeah. this is a lesson they were learning from... A, I guess a, a Leave it to Beaver and lesson plan seems a little strange to me. But, well, you know, he's Feeney. He can teach what he wants. He's got yeah, tenure. Exactly. <laughs> that was Feeney's version of showing a movie in class. Oh, <laughs> I like it. It, it kind of uh, implies that Feeney, you know, was hungover on, I don't know, Merlot the day. Before. I would imagine. Like, that's it. And that's what he's like. I'm going to come up with a fun assignment. Screw these kids. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna put Minkus and Sean as brothers. Fuck them. <laughs> Honestly, that makes more sense, and I love it. All right, we're gonna roll with it. Feeny, Feeny had scores to settle, guys. Exactly. All right, and then we get it. Uh, wait, before we go to our theme song, we of course get the reveal that Corey will be dad and Topanga will be mom, which is which is great. And as soon as they said that the four of these kids were gonna be working together throughout the episode, I got really really excited. Yeah, I mean, and it is. It's a really good episode. All right, so we get our theme song. Yep. then moving on what is really good about this all right so our next scene opens up in a mall and i thought that this was significant for a few reasons one we haven't really i thought about it we haven't really gone to sets outside of the the first note i took was this is a brand new set yeah brand new set uh we haven't really done this often the only thing we've kind of seen differently is when Corey went to the spelling bee or whatever i think like that was yeah where new but even that was like in a school so it was still like in a school environment sure uh, yeah, this is the this is our first time going anywhere outside of like the school or the home dynamic, or even like to someone else's home. I don't even think we've been to Sean or Feeney's or anyone else's house yet. So yeah, exactly. Um, we haven't really been elsewhere, so I thought that was important. But also, the setting of it being in a mall is kind of showing that we are entering these teenage years. Uh, and it's funny because as soon as I saw it, it to me it felt way more like. Um, I don't know. I guess I got way more like 90210 vibes than I got of what I know their teenage years to actually be like. Yeah, I agree. I get what you're saying. Um, But it's because we're dealing with like at that point in time, I don't think they actually, you know, like in the future we have chubbies and that's where they hang out and it's all of this. Sure, sure. Whereas at this point in time, we're dealing with Eric's teenage years, which are not. Corey's teenage years. Well, it's funny you bring up Eric because apparently he's had the best friend since he was three years old, and we're just <laughs> meeting him now. <laughs> exactly. So this is when we meet Eric's friend Jason. Which, by the way, I've been looking forward to Jason so like, much. I'm so I, I am such a huge fan of Jason Marsden. Like, um, obviously, I don't. I, for those who are listening, Jason Marsden plays Eric's best friend. He is also an amazing voice actor. He's done the voice of uh, Max in the Goofy movie. He did Thackeray Binks and Hocus Pocus. He is also like a TGIF all-star. He's been yes. in uh, Full House. He's been in Boy Meets World. And he was also in Step by Step for a long time. He was also in Blossom. He was also in, in uh, Erie, Indiana. He, yeah. Like, he's just done... Did you ever so watch The Weekenders? Yeah, of course I watched The Weekenders. Yeah, he did the voice No, He did The Weekenders. You think I don't know that? I am... <laughs> Dude, uh, first of all, again, as TC was explaining, Jason Marsden is like 90s kids royalty like you yeah, not know great. him but he is a part of everything you've loved and on top of that 
I just kind of always thought he was cute. So yeah, I, and like, I, I think he's really super like, like charming and dynamic. Like as soon as he's on the stage, like he adds so much humor. He adds so much, even though he's kind of like played as this kind of wimpy man character. He plays it just so strongly. Um, I don't know. He's he's great. You know what's also interesting to me, even like the way and his dynamic with Eric. In reality, he's just like Corey. He's like. Corey, he is the Corey to Eric Sean. Exactly, Absolutely. Eric is Sean, and Jason is Corey. And like, just the fact that he's a little bit shorter, but he's sarcastic, and he's like, he just has this very good wit about him um, that reminds me a lot of Corey. And I was like, that would explain why him and Eric are even friends. Yeah, and we actually do end up seeing more of him and Eric's dynamic more in the second season. Yeah, um, so that's something to look forward to. I'm really excited because I, I just love Jason. He's great, man. He's he's Max. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and if you knew how much TC and I loved um, Goofy Movie, you would understand why. <laughs> well, I mean, everyone knows that it's the it's the better of all 90s Disney movies, but, you know. It really is. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> um, wrap them all. Yeah, and... oh, can I just say something real fast? Yeah. The, the reason why we like a Goofy movie, it's the only black animated Disney movie. It, That's all it, I'm going to say about yo, it. Yo, <laughs> yo, we could go in there. Um, no, we can't. But, like, you're right. You're not wrong. It's the only black one. That's why we relate to it so strongly. He's uh, listening to, like, hip-hop and stuff. And, like, we're in hoodies. Uh, like, God, I have And so having, like, much... problems with his, like, distant dad. That's way more relevant to us than Aladdin. Oh, my God. I just have so many thoughts right now. <laughs> I know. We're, we're going off topic, guys. Sorry. Uh, I, like, I We'll have to come back to this for sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, the the boys are trying to hit on girls, and Jason's like, "Yo, can just once a girl come up and say, yo, 'Yo, I've had my eye on you, and you want to talk?'" And of course, he has like this little fun bit, and he's like, "Is that would that be too much to ask?" And out of nowhere comes Alexis, uh, who is this really attractive older woman in the story, who's played by Kathy Ireland. Supermodel. I have no idea who that is, by the way. He is I, a supermodel, and uh, the only supermodels I know of the '90s were like the the Secret Angels, you know. <laughs> I'm not even going to ask why, but you know, no, like, because those were the only ones that like were like established by name. You well, know, no, like quite a few were, especially when we're talking ni- '90s is when supermodels were established, and also, I mean, for me, anyone who was in the um, Freedom video, I was going to say that George Michael Freedom <laughs> video. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's like pretty much that was it uh like a a how-to guide it's so funny because i literally was thinking that freedom video before you said it like that's <laughs> all i know of supermodels for the most part <laughs> well we you had like several varieties just like now there's like instagram models uh and there's like a tier system uh there were different levels of being a, a, a model especially a supermodel but um guys we're gonna do a bonus episode where we just talk about a goofy movie and 90s models so don't worry we're gonna get back to you on all of this you know what and i will i'm right there with you <laughs> <laughs> okay so moving forward uh alexis comes over and taps eric on the shoulder and says those exact words that jason's been 
discussing, which was, hey, I've had my eye on you. And uh, she was like, do you know how handsome you are to Eric? And Eric is just, of course, besides himself. Well, he's just like stuttering Stanley all of a sudden. Like, he can't remember his name. He can't put words together. He's just kind of staring there dopely. Like, Jason's like trying to cough Help. Eric's yeah. name to him so he remembers <laughs> what his own name is. Yeah, exactly. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, but what's interesting to me is, especially when she approaches Eric, I'm thinking about uh, all of the kind of male models to come out uh, at least a little bit later. And Eric probably could have been a model, like a little male model, just with his type and his hair and everything. Because I know, like, uh, what's his name? Ashton Kutcher. And uh, there's another one who they look, they have almost the exact same look as what Eric has right now. Oh, I think Eric could have been like like uh an american eagle model at the yeah, very least i mean exactly. <laughs> there's tears there's yeah. tears <laughs> <laughs> uh but anyway we oh and by the way the model's super salty to jason <laughs> she is well she well it's, you have like this teenage boy who is like clearly trying to hit on her and she's just like a you stay right here <laughs> she's like a, yeah i guess that's true he's the only one trying to like mac it to her eric's not really trying to do that he's just so like taken back by like her presence i guess um, yeah he's not getting the chance to be too creepy yeah whereas jason's full-on creep you know, he sees a chance he dives in man yeah you know what you gotta give it to him <laughs> uh, so anyway um, yeah she of course is telling Eric that he could be a model and she's trying to ask him to do it and at that point in time again this is when Jason reminds us that they've been friends since they were three years old three years old which is weird and that he must choose (laughs) i will say this which is really funny the reason why i think this is so believable and this is something i've learned from the cast commentary is that jason marsden and wilford hill are actually real life best friends like i Uh think they were like best men in each other's weddings like they've Uh been like lifelong friends so when you see them on screen they have a chemistry that just naturally works which is why i think it's so believable or at least you know them trying to force a sean on this last minute is kind of bad writing but but they tend to pull it off well because of their chemistry. You know what? Yeah, but I just don't understand. And, you know, maybe it's a me thing and hindsight and all this other stuff. But I don't understand why they had to give us that since we were three years old thing. They could have known each other since homeroom and it would have worked just as well. Yeah, they didn't have to give us a history of their relationship. They didn't have to throw that on us at all. You're right. They could have just been guys at the mall. We would have been like, whatever. Exactly. We would not have blinked twice. We've seen several kids come and go and with the younger crowd. And- I will say it would have been nice to have like a scene like – where, like, they're in the kitchen in the morning and, like, Jason stops by and, like, Amy says hi to him or something to kind of establish that versus just saying, I've yeah. been friends since we were three. Exactly. Um, I mean, we even get a little bit more history with the assistant manager than we do with Jason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, anyway, on to the next scene. The next scene, we have the main cast of kids in the kitchen. Um, go ahead. Oh, that was, I was just going to say what was really interesting is that they're really challenging these roles of just like, like I said, setting those expectations, but also like even like, you know, uh, the roles of a, of a mother and a father. And I think that uh, Amy and Alan kind of reflect that in this episode too. Just the, uh, the different parenting approaches. Um, I, I don't know if it's gender related, but I, I thought there was some kind of gender bending going on with the. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think nice. we are challenging. I mean, this entire episode is kind of made about challenging uh, expectations and what you think a specific person should, the role a specific person should play uh, in the family. 
And I think they do it. Yeah, those established norms that you, you just kind of question. Like, Athene's having us question those established norms. Which exactly. Is nice. Which is, is, is fantastic. Also, I didn't say it at um, the last scene, but I wanted to mention it. Uh, us being at the mall also reminded me that our kids are getting a little bit older. We're starting to see them all, like, the clothing is starting to change, the the heights and everything again besides minkus everyone's starting to actually look like yeah a even Topanga looks like she's getting older yeah um, that's what that was one of the things that i really like even when the first scene when topanga was sitting down i was like she looks older and it's so funny because i think this is the last scene the last season um before all their voices change yeah so it's, it, that that's really starts to get funny because Corey's voice gets ridiculous at points yeah <laughs> that that's gonna be fun to look out for um while we're talking about Corey and topanga topanga's ideal husband would uh live within in line with the navajo spirit she wants to marry a navajo indian which doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me why is this this little girl's idea of an uh, it just it's it's so strange that this is so specific to what she wants and needs in a husband. Well, Topanga is supposed to be weird uh, at this point in time, and then also it kind of makes sense to me. Her she has like a new age family, and it makes sense that they would uh, the ideal here would be someone who's more in line with nature. Yeah. Uh, but Corey wants Topanga to be the type of mom slash wife that lets him win at video games and doesn't care how dirty his room is and plays hockey all the time. Never uh, expressed any interest in playing hockey before this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, what's really interesting to me is Topanga points out, which is kind of very true to what we've learned through the cool girl monologue uh, she's like a, you basically just want a friend who you can marry so like why don't you just marry sean um, i thought this was super interesting how they handled this by the way exactly because their reaction is like the boys just kind of give a face but they don't say anything like ill they don't or, say, no, like, or like ill or no or anything to to establish that that would be a bad thing yeah, they're just, they just look at each other, and Corey goes, huh, uh, "I wouldn't marry him because our kids would look weird, or something like yeah, that." Yeah, he goes because our kids would look like horses. But <laughs> it's just, but even just making a joke that like, oh well, if we got together, like implying that they would like have kids or anything like that, I just feel that that was such a better way to respond than uh, gross. Exactly, that's what I wanted to point out. Clearly, for me, it's a very big sign. But when you see something like this, which we've already established, the problems that Boy Meets World can have with masculinity they handled this particular moment really really well in my opinion. i wonder if this is before or after that whole like seinfeld not that there's anything wrong with that episode that's actually really important and good to good to discuss because <laughs> i feel like that's like at least from what i remember i felt like that's when the conversation started to switch a little bit is when i felt that like it stopped being this automatically like thing you talked about in the negative light and it was like oh you know not you know nothing wrong with it it's just, not that there's know, anything wrong with that yeah which yeah. to this day i think is a, a great follow-up <laughs> it is it is <laughs> okay um enter eric and this is what i really love eric comes in he jumps on the counter and he's like a, don't hate me because i'm beautiful um and what's all everyone in the kitchen is just like over it and he's like i got discovered today and immediately yeah, really obnoxious sean's like did you get discovered at the mall and each one of the kids here seem to know that it's a scam. And I'm like, a, how bad is it that these little kids who are younger than you, years younger than you, all know that this is a scam? 
<laughs> well, I think the whole point was just to kind of point out that Eric was honeypotted. Like, there was this beautiful woman who came up and just started saying these things that he was just so in shock that she was even talking to him that he just kind of blindly agreed to it. And I think that's why, like, he was fooled a lot easier than some of the kids were. Um, but what's interesting is that Minkus is like, oh, no, no, no. Like, that's true. I got discovered at the mall, too. And Minkus <laughs> is supposed to be the smartest of the kids. So maybe it's book smarts versus street smarts, but Eric doesn't seem to have either. I'm going to say no, because that would be... <laughs> no, I don't even believe that at all. If anything, I believe that maybe Minkus's father got hoodwinked and, like, they used Minkus as... Bait. I just don't see uh, the same tactic working on Minkus. Yeah, that's that's strange. But, yeah... um. Yeah, Eric is obnoxious throughout this whole thing. And honestly, I didn't really care for this whole Eric as a model storyline. I thought it was just kind of dumb. I like I think it's really smart because it does what not only does it help us uh, learn this lesson and we go down the avenue that we do, which is a really good example of great parenting and real world stakes. Um, but also you have something like this is one of the more believable I'll say scams or something that we can do that's very innocent. Um, you know, yeah, like, especially true. in the 90s, we get a lot of very special episodes <laughs> about people <Yeah>. modeling, <laughs> which is important. But this one is just played for what it is, which is like, a no, he's a good looking guy and someone wanted to take advantage of him in the financial way. Maybe if the character, that, that female model character, was a little bit more dynamic, I would have been a little bit more seduced by that story, but okay. I, mean, I, to, I struggled with it. I, as far as just, like, the depth of, of it all, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this, we find out that Eric's already paid, already has paid $90 for modeling photos, and, you know, the kids, as I mentioned earlier, already see that as a waste of money, and when Alan and Amy come in, they find out about it, and Alan is just, like, irate <laughs> that Eric would spend this much money on something that you know just it's a waste yeah and i do like the way that i don't know i mean i guess i guess we we should probably just i wanted to hear your thoughts on this whole amy versus alan parenting technique so i i have some thoughts about this so what we're talking about is and in, in the scene amy immediately she sees how hype alan is and she's like i want to speak to you outside and alan's like yeah but like i want to deal with this right now she's like we need to talk outside first and they go outside and she's like i know what you're gonna say and i know that you're you know gonna basically be angry at him and demand that he go get his money back and alan's like all right you know me um but why don't you know him she's like well he's more complex than you <laughs> which i thought was a little bit of fun um which i also don't believe <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i i kind of do especially at this point in time because Eric is a teenager, so he has a little bit of his mom and his dad in them. And we've sure. already seen that Alan is a little bit predictable. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I understand where Amy's coming from, too. She just wants to make sure that Alan allows Eric to, to grow on their own. Because we've seen that throughout the season, that Amy is, has that parenting technique in the same way that George has that teaching technique. Yeah, well, what I love is... Amy goes, look, we've made our mistakes with money. Let him make his. And I I really enjoy this because 
to me, Amy took a moment and she saw this for what it was. She was like, all right, yeah, maybe he got scammed. Maybe it was, you know, lots, maybe this could go in a really bad way, blah, blah, blah. But first and foremost is he is starting to make his own financial decisions. He has his own money. He's going to be making his own decisions with this money. And we have the foresight to let him know that he is independent, but his decisions have consequences. And also, I guess, like, it's better that he learn over, like, $90 modeling photos versus anything more elaborate than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, so Alan's like, oh, wait, so you just want us to do nothing? She's like, we're not doing nothing. We're trusting that he'll learn from these mistakes. And as soon as she says that, Alan's like, yo, I've been a parent for 15 years. I know not to trust my kids. And... Eric comes out and he's like, you know what? Thank you so much for not jumping down my back. I'm going to go and try to get this money back. And Amy's like full on gloating and just like, yo, don't worry. I married you for your body. Um, and, she gives him a nice slap on the ass. And, and walks inside, which is what you're talking about. That nice flip of th- these gender roles. And I do wonder, um, you know, it, it seems like Amy's parenting technique is a positive one. But ultimately, Eric completely goes against this and ends up being an ass anyway. So is, well, yes. is, she, is she wrong in her parenting technique? Or I don't this- think so. I mean, we're going to get into it a little bit later, especially when we find it out. But I feel that Amy not only – because Amy didn't say that he'll make the right decision and everything will be perfect. She said that – You're right. Learn. She just – he needed to learn it on his own. Exactly. And I think that that is what ultimately happens. So, yeah. Exactly. Um, so on that, the next scene we have is – Eric goes to the mall and he, you know, at first is like, I'm going to get my money back. And then Alexis tells him that she got him a modeling job (laughs) and this job pays $50, which I'm like, all right, well, that's kind of half your money back. But even then it's like a, unless it's like a contract for continuous. Well, she does say she's like, if you do a good job, I can get you more money next time. Yeah. You know, I just, I would just look at that contract a little bit more. Like at this point in time, I'm just like, a, I don't, I don't believe he even read the contract. I think yeah, he blindly signed it. That's a very good point. Uh, so to follow that, uh, <laughs> we go back to the Matthews place, and Air, sorry, Corey is like, do you know what is hard about being married? Uh, and Alan's like, the actually being married part. <laughs> and he goes, no, you have to be the type of husband your wife wants you to be. And that just makes for a very no. interesting moment with, like, both your parents being there. Oh, yeah, and Amy's like, do you have something to say about that, Alan? <laughs> exactly. I mean, But I, um, I do want to say that I think the episode is pointing out uh-huh. how unhealthy it is to try to be what someone else wants you to be, which is kind of a really big learn for a kid's show. But like we discussed, this is something that they do. But yeah. I, I was like, wow, this is this is touching on like really fundamental like stuff that in my 30s, like I'm learning. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this, well, is, this is big stuff. As you said, I feel this way often. And this episode and this scene is a very good example of it. I feel that Boy Meets World is like based on like a college thesis and the script has just been like the summarized notes of that thesis. You know what I mean? Yeah. They always have like really elaborate, big points that they hit and mention. And you're like, oh, well... Like, just one of those lines is something that we could explore and really go down. But Sure, and it's interesting (laughs) that they know, like, 
not to throw too much into one episode. Like, so, like it, they especially with now that we're into the season a little bit, they found the balance where like they'll leave the give us a line like that, and then it'll be enough to make that point, and then they'll exactly. move on with the rest of the story. Exactly. Um, so on that. Eric comes in, and not only is he accepting the job that he got, the modeling job, he is quitting his supermarket job uh, to be a model. Um, and immediately, like, I rolled my eyes just as I said it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everyone's just like, okay, Alan and Amy in the next scene are talking to Eric and trying to convince him to really think this through. Um, and I like the fact that Eric's like, I did think about this. And Alan was like, when? When did you think about this? What's interesting, too, is that we're starting to touch on a topic that's kind of a reoccurring theme throughout the show, which is Eric not really knowing what he wants to do with his life. Yeah. It's something that comes up time and time again with him wanting to be a weatherman or him wanting to adopt a kid or whatever weird storylines they end up giving him. Um, He doesn't really know his place in his path. And I think that's a really interesting um, character dynamic to throw in the show like this because he's also, along with Corey, learning, you know, the world and where he fits in in his own way. Well, it's also interesting because that goes against the older sibling archetype. Um, I mean, which, which is, you know, fine, especially for a show like this, but it's, you usually either have the older sibling who is a wild card because they are in fact a wild card. I mean, think of Denise in uh, as we show, or you have the one who is like put together and aspirational, uh, like Sandra from the Cosby show. <laughs> or you just have like that butthead older brother, like from wonder years or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, never, never, um, multiple kids just both kind of struggling like like this and again i mean that just makes these characters so much more relatable and so much more dynamic and gives us better stories honestly yeah definitely um so even though they they caution eric against it and they tell him that you should really consider this eric says that no he wants to be a model and alan even is trying to fight back um well actually he's not trying to fight fight back he just says that he's going to support him um and we get this funny little line which i love which is alan being like look i'm not the type to dismiss my kids aspirations and just quickly toss out some parental negativity and Corey's like a so that's it and i was like shut up (laughs) yeah (laughs) immediately it's like look i can only do it for one of you (laughs) well what's interesting is that you know they're going through this really challenging parenting dilemma and in the corner is Corey, who's watching everything as this observer that we've talked about and yes you know he he even questions alan he's like you you know why did you make this decision and why didn't you you know um you know scold him and make him do it and you know he's so confused over alan's parenting techniques um but alan's just a, a solid dad to role model yourself after so eventually Corey's able to put the pieces together well yeah because alan says it doesn't matter because Corey's like a, i can see that this is going to fail and you can see that this is going to fail and alan's like look it doesn't matter if we see it it matters if he sees it it matters if eric gets the point and uh cory's like look if that's how we're rolling with things i don't see why i have to follow the rules and alan's just like a well you know ask your wife 
Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great response, especially considering how Corey opened it. But also, what's interesting to me that now that you've brought it up is, can you imagine, it's hard enough trying to be a parent or trying to be any kind of role model, knowing that anything you say to this person, they're going to take in, kind of live by, um, you know, for however long, but then to have to do that and make those decisions while also being watched by a third party, yo, it sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on Alan and Amy right now, even though I feel like Alan, for some reason, gets a majority of the, like, credit and story for this, even though Amy's kind of, like, they sh- it should have been an even partnership, but I feel like Alan got more screen time with it. And you've already seen my notes because that's exactly what I point out. It's like a weekend Alan or the script, I will say, gives Alan a lot of credit for kind of sticking with this idea of parenting and this lesson plan. But it wasn't even his idea. It was Amy's. No, he he literally just listens to what Amy said in the beginning. And at the end, we're just like, wow, he's such a great dad. Exactly. (laughs) So in the next scene, uh, we're back in school and the kids are playing all of their other roles. um, And I love this, by the way. This is great. Oh, can we talk about Corey's uh, headdress real fast? You know what? We can talk about it. What what do you want to say? I want to say, obviously, Corey... (laughs) Corey and Topanga have this relationship where T- Topanga's like, I really want you to challenge, uh, ch- uh, channel the spirit of the Navajo. We cut to the scene. Corey's sitting Indian style on the desk with a heather, uh, with a feather att- attached to his head. Yeah. Offensive? No? No, it is. Um, it is. It's very, again, it's one of those things to where I have to. I don't think we should, but I I did overlook it because I was I literally saw it. I was like, ooh, that's not good. But you know what? It's the '90s. We're still having hard enough time getting people to stop wearing headdresses uh, in 2018 for festivals. So I can't really be mad at them. Yeah, you're right. Like the Redskins are still a team. Exactly. So it's but like you're right. I did notice it, and I immediately was like, ooh. But I was like, oh, we just got to move forward because that in itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I do want to say is that i really like seeing cool minkus uh yeah this was really funny because to kind of give us a setup the the challenge that they're given is that the oldest child wants to be wants to get a tattoo and with that especially with the roles reversed sean is now the younger nerdy kid and minkus gets to be the older bad boy and they both really take to the roles they're both so much fun to watch in in these moments because they're just it seems like it's not even so much that they're making fun of the other person they just seem like they're honestly enjoying this just character swap exactly like so i think it's really cool because as you said they didn't really make fun of each other especially uh sean and minkus they more so i don't know they like they showed respect to how that other person approaches something like when sean's like yo i was so good at being a nerd it kind of freaked me out for a moment and minkus clearly admires uh sean's approach to life yeah there does seem to be some uh, common ground between them that they're finding throughout these role reversals which i think is what feeney had hoped exactly like if you look at feeney throughout the lesson plans he's kind of being really observant and enjoying how they discover themselves within this role reversal exactly yeah what, but with that, you get Corey and Topanga, who 
I made note, they're both judgmental towards what the other one wants. Like, even though they do, in fact, behave how they are supposed to, they both are critical uh, about that the other person's expectation. You know what I thought was interesting, too, is that we talked about this in, I think, maybe the previous episode, um, about how Corey and Topanga are really, they're really taking their time developing the relationship. Yeah. And I kind of enjoyed that they had Topanga there in a the non-romantic capacity. Like, she was just another student. And I feel like that's um, a great way to establish their history, yeah. um, just by having her around more. Like, she should just be in the classroom all the time. And that's what we're starting to see. Yeah. And it's really funny, because, like, I, for example, there's something... Uh, they get the decision, uh, and she's like, look, you're not getting a tattoo. Um, I've decided to make a decision without consulting my spouse because I know that's the type of husband you're going to be. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just like a, a really good note of them not being romantically involved, but her yeah. still having an understanding of Corey. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but, we, oh, okay. So yeah, because, say, yeah. before we the assignment's over, Mikas pulls out and shows everyone that he's gotten the tattoo anyway, which I kind of feel like was a little uh, bit that him and Feeney worked on together. Uh, sure. But either way, it kind of... Showed... Well, listen, I don't want to imagine Feeney drawing that tattoo on <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I feel like Mikas went to... Uh, Feeney and decided that this was something that he wanted to do with the his version of because I still Minkus is still Minkus. I see him going to Feeney and being like, a, "Hey, this is how I want to solve this thing in my role, and this is how I believe Sean would." And Feeney just giving the okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Uh, because I do not think that Minkus would just risk his grade uh, out of nowhere. Well, it's funny he rips open his shirt to reveal a full torso tattoo um and both sean and topanga are like yo we're super into this <laughs> yeah exactly. which is so weird because it's not even like a good tattoo yeah but i guess just learning that there's more to minkus kind of made them both be like uh yo it speaks it to me, to me. Yeah. <laughs> which, um and of course Corey can't see past that which you know if we want to get back to it it kind of shows Corey's self-centeredness but Corey's like yo you're messing with our grade and we we had this all planned out and Feeney's like he didn't mess up their grade in fact you know sorry Corey goes he broke the rules and Feeney says they always break the rules this is that's what a family is yeah it's it's interesting that um uh Corey's just now starting to put together the pieces of, you know, families are going to be ones that make mistakes. And I think Topanga even says, like, it's not really um, the, the mistakes that define the family. The only way you could really judge is based on, like, love in the house and things like that. So I think they're everyone's really learning the lesson a lot faster than Corey, it seems. Yeah. Well, also, it's funny to me because I was like, oh, didn't we just learn this lesson last week? Yeah, <laughs> about like how much love is in the family is what really matters and all this other stuff. Uh, yeah, it seems that Corey needs to learn some of these lessons more than once, which is fine. That's how we all learn, you know. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just need to learn a lesson more than once. Um, but anyway, 
Can I say one thing? I'm sorry, I, I forgot to mention this. At the beginning of the scene, uh, when Sean and Minkus are doing the role reversal, Minkus is kind of making a few jabs at Sean. Yeah. Feeney's like, hey, be careful, because when the bell rings, you guys are going to reverse roles again. As, as if to say, like, hey, um, Sean can still, like, beat your ass after this class, so be yeah. careful. <laughs> and Minkus is like, ooh, you're right, and then bribes Sean with $5 right yep. in front of Feeney. Yep. And what's interesting is that literally, like, a few episodes ago, $5 was like, I've been saving up for months for $5. And Minkus just has a 5 to throw at Sean. Well, like, hey, is this enough? In that episode, if you remember, Corey and Sean were dealing with financial troubles. Minkus had his $5 early on. Uh, so you think Minkus comes... Oh, well, maybe that explains his education as well. Yeah, exactly. I think All Minkus right. is good. Um, he comes from money, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not even comes from money. Maybe he, his family just has a little bit more of it, uh, which is why it was hard for him to understand why Sean wouldn't have $5. Okay. All right. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. Yeah. Um, so... Corey points out that Beaver's dad, um, nothing changed with the Beavers. And this is when Feeney points out that they weren't real. Uh, Beaver's dad wasn't real. And they do this little meta joke about, I guess it's easy to sound smart when you have the best writers in Hollywood writing everything you say. Uh, which is a great note on like how much we love Feeney. Uh, especially since his follow-up is, I wouldn't know. Yeah, and I feel like that's the... F I mean, Boy Meets World every now and then does break the fourth wall, but th this was their first time. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was a cool meta joke. Yeah, but also what's really interesting to me is did they have um, this big of a Feeny following at that time? Because it seems like it. Like, from the joke, you, you would think that Feeny was already established within these 15 episodes of, like, being Mr. Feeny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the reception was at the time. I was, I was a little too young for that. But um, I, I, it is interesting that you see the writers essentially making fun of themselves. Yeah, that is good. Self-deprecation in Hollywood, guys. Come on. <laughs> so in our next scene, uh, Eric shows up. All right, so he shows up to his photo shoot, which is the job that he got through Alexis with two girls on his arm. Did you notice that one of those girls is Kelly Packard of Baywatch? I did not. I mean, I did thought she, I did think she looked familiar, but I did. Yeah, Kelly Packard of Baywatch, but more importantly, she starred on the lesser uh, uh, version of Saved by the Bell, California Dreams. <gasps> I, don't know if you I love that. California Dreams. That's why I knew her. <laughs> don't wake me up when I'm dreaming. Like, <laughs> this, well, this, you know this is a, a huge show for me when I was a kid. So when right. I saw her, I was like, yo, Kelly Packard's on this. That one had the black dude. That's why. Yeah, Tony. He was the drummer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, this is so nineties. <laughs> You're right. That was like a, a Saved by the Bell knockoff, just like directly. A better version of Saved by the Bell in retrospect, guys. Sorry, <laughs> not sorry. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while, so I don't know if it holds. It's on YouTube and it's wonderful. All the songs are really good too. You know what? I'll check it out. That's what I'll do. And you should too. Okay. Um, so one of the girls, though, they say, they kind of blade up, straight up say that they're here because Eric's a model. And they're on they're groupies, essentially. Um, and the well, he found groupies so 
easily. He made like these whatever girls he's hanging out with seem to be the most vapid, shallow women because it, like everything is like, oh, you have to be a senior with a car, and him just saying he's a model got him two girls. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's I'm like, awful. I'm wondering, like, again, is this like writer room problems? Because I'm like, what yeah. do you guys think about teenage girls? To be fair, we're dealing with mostly teenage boy problems, but still, sure. sure. All right, so anyway, the photographer, who's looked like he's seen all this before and knows what's coming up, he's just like, yo, go to wardrobe and, like, let's just get this started. Um, And then that's when Eric tells Jason to bring the girls back so they can see his shoot and see him in all his glory. I mean, he's just setting himself up. But again, this is a lesson Eric has to learn, you know? Scene flip, and Eric is in a lobster costume. Which, again, to me, I'm like, I know this is embarrassing for Eric, but I'm like, this is honestly not that bad for model work. Is would you call this a modeling job? No, like, I you guys wouldn't. Did, like spin the signs like on the intersection. <laughs> exactly. like, is that modeling? No, I wouldn't call it a modeling job. But that's what the point is. He's not. He's not necessarily out there spinning a sign saying "Eat at Joe's." So <laughs> he's not even modeling. Like they have him in a dump take. He's, there's <laughs> no modeling that's taking place. No one's taking pictures. <laughs> that's a very good point. Well, there was um, a photographer earlier. And does the do- photographer disappear? At, when when it's time for Eric to dunk take, absolutely. When Eric is needed to model, the photo, the, you know, <laughs> the photographer disappears. So, um, let's just assume because there was a photographer. Let's assume that there was like a shoot before this, and then oh, yeah. as like a, a partner piece. Either way, it definitely already seems like it's he should have got paid more than. 50. I also don't understand why she was so adamant that like Eric, the handsome one, more so than Jason, get this job where you're essentially in a completely covered other than your face. Yeah, that's a very good point. I don't know that either. Uh, but on that, Eric tries to quit. And uh, Alexis is like, look, you can't quit. You have a contract. <laughs> and he says, again, being very meta in this script, they're like, do you know what it's like to dress up in a humiliating outfit and have people gawk at you like you're less than human? Yeah. And Alexis is like, been there. Welcome to the world of modeling, which is a it's a very telling. Again, that's a very big like model. Oh, what's hey. it's funny, too, that you thought of that in terms of modeling, because I thought of that as like uh Oh, this this male needs to check his privilege. But no, I'm sure like that was it too. The whole thing that I thought of is that this is a very good line and kind of would be like maybe the moral of the story in a modern telling of this episode. Yeah. I just thought it was like it was again talking about them approaching really heavy things. It's just like a, that is a lot to be like a, yo, women have to deal with this all the time. This is what modeling is. And I mean, she ain't wrong. <laughs> ain't wrong. But Corey gets, sorry, Corey and Sean show up at the mall, and Eric is like, yo, help me get rid of these girls who I have coming. And, you know, they have some fun with it, but they agree to help. Which I don't understand why. Why not? I mean, like, I feel like, you know, he's still, according to Corey, Eric is still his older brother. And, you know, yeah, he's, they're going to try. They don't try really hard, but they do agree to help him. Oh man, this this whole this whole sequence with the girls and the the thing, I just these girls are awful. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So the girls immediately, like we see them hanging out with Jason and waiting for Eric's uh, shoot to start. The boys, Corey and Sean, come over and it's like, look, Eric went home. He can't do this, and he 
almost convinces them to leave. And then they hear that there is a contest that they can get a free lobster dinner from Larry's Lobster Locker. They hear this. There's an announcement over the mall speakers, which when's the last time you heard an announcement over the mall speakers for free, like for to win lobster. And these girls are like, Jason, you have to win us some lobster. You have to like, it's so strange that I've never seen like, um, I, I guess like teen girls jump at the chance to eat lobster before. <laughs> exactly. That's what I said. I was like, I feel like as great as this episode is when it comes to gender reversals, um, it, it kind of takes a few steps back with these girls. <laughs> and also who wants to eat lobster at a damn mall? It's not, even like, it's not even like a restaurant in the mall. It's literally food court lobster. Where it's, is this? Where does this exist? Lobster locker. I was like, why would you eat seafood from a place like this? No. Like, I can understand, like, you know, they, sometimes they have, like, a long johns or whatever, but you're not getting lobster at a place like that. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, as you said, the girls immediately are like a, please jason and they switch from eric to jason like with no loyalty like I'm again gonna... these girls are only out for themselves they're like will i be seen with a model will i get lobster i'm down the clown so <laughs> um but that is of course enough to keep them around and the boys can't get the girls to leave and therefore everyone sees eric in the lobster costume and as like uh, like in this dunk tank as you mentioned yeah, and the reason why I kept uh, kept thinking that these girls were just the worst, like they really are bitches, is because like <laughs> they're they're like um oh they see Eric and they're like oh how embarrassing we should be more understanding and then the girl looks at Kelly Packard and goes um then we wouldn't be us yeah that's what, what I said what the hell yeah she literally was like awful. we should be sensitive and understanding and they're like uh nope that wouldn't be like us and i was like damn what do you think about these teenage girls Gosh, that's like mean girl shit like that's that's really awful so i don't know i just thought that was a little extreme so in our final scene eric of course is like apologetic and you know alan has just come home and eric's like trying to get his he has all of the 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 food out of the pantries onto the uh counter onto the counter and he's bagging it as if he's at a grocery store talking to alan like he's a customer and alan's like i get what you're doing but like yeah alan what i love about it is alan's like look uh that position is filled and at first i kind of thought that alan was like going to be like a by you or you know like kind of be like a you know i reserved a job or something but no alan's like look you quit and i took you at your word and so that means i had to fill the position and i love that alan just doesn't give yeah I actually really like this. Uh, Eric's like, what Eric says, which is really cool, and I think anyone who has actually come of age uh, knows this feeling. He's like, look, remember when we used to play Monopoly and I would land on your spaces with a hotel and you would like, let me roll again. You would call it a miss roll. He's like, well, dad, this decision to quit the job and try to be a model, that was a miss roll. And Alan's like, yeah, but that was when you were little and you're not little anymore. And well, in, 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 all, in Alan's defense, like, he literally begged, begged Eric. He was like, please, like, think this through. I, I, I will support you 100% if you decide this is really what you want to do and you've considered all the options and all the outcomes. And Eric's like, of course, Dad, this is – I want to be a supermodel. Like, this is what – this is my dream. And so, like, I think Alan's just really – 
doing a great job of showing Eric that, okay, this you're an adult and this is a, an option that you chose and you kind of have to deal with the consequences. Well, yeah, it's like if you if your response is I'm old enough to make my own decisions, well, then guess what? You're old enough to make your own decisions. And, and not get these misrules. Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um because Eric's like, look, can I be little again and have my job back? And Alan's response is, no, you can't. I mean, again, I can't fire someone because you've decided to, you know, change your mind. He goes, but we do need someone in the old night shift, which was Eric's old job when we first started the series. And I thought that was a great uh, parental compromise. I think yeah. that was a great way of him being like, okay, no, I'll help you out, but you aren't going to get away from this scot-free. Like, you're going to have to have sacrificed something for this. Exactly. Um, which is a, a great way of doing it. And, of course, Eric takes it, and Corey, like... Of course. But, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you, CJ. C- can we just focus on something real fast before we just? Because I feel like we just glossed over something. But um, we just mm, white male accountability just took place. <laughs> white male accountability with consequence just took place. Yeah, this is definitely right. no, no, no. You're right. If we if we want to. I think we should have like a white male privilege jar or something. And sure, yeah. <laughs> because, no, I mean, when you really think about it, there are so many instances with Corey and Eric. Um, and maybe in the future, we'll see it a little bit different, but like they get away with so much and so much happens. Uh, again, going back to what we were talking about earlier with Zach Morris, where it's like, a, this would not be acceptable for anyone else. Yeah, and but what I love in like in contrast to Zach, who basically got away with everything, we see Alan going, "No, you are going to learn something from this," and that's what I think makes this uh, his parenting just uh, so great. Again, Amy's just as good, but uh, Alan just does a good job handling it. Well, uh, all right. So now we're talking about two different things. So I want to first book in or discuss the. Uh, white male privilege of, yeah, yeah. of this all, which is that you were able to quit your job, um, try out modeling, and get another job without really any in- downtime in between. Yes, now you don't have the job that you once did, and there were consequences, but you still now get to have some kind of financial independence. Um, and that's just, you know, the lesson that you learn <laughs> is that if you, yeah, take a risk, yeah. if you take a risk, it may uh, put you at a worse off place. Whereas most black people, just not even black people, most minorities have to deal with so much heavier consequences. Yeah. And to the point where it's like, Oh, it's nice that you can just decide to quit and be a model. Exactly. Um, but then also want to talk about the fact that as you said Corey commends alan on being a good father when i'm like a yeah alan is a good father he does handle this very well we often talk about how Corey understands and is learning how good of parents he has but it's like you have good parents and alan gets a lot of the praise when it's in fact amy from what we've seen over these last 15 episodes amy is the one who like sees things for what they're supposed to be and she has like a really big foot in just how her family reacts and thinks 
Well, I think there's also talks to the bigger issue of, and I, I forget who said this, and I'm sure it was in a movie or something about how like how easy it is to be a good dad and how easy it is to be a bad mom. Oh yeah, you're right. That is from something. But, and I, I think that's that's part of it. Where like a man can just do such a minimum thing, and it be seen as like, wow, he was really gone above and beyond. Yeah. Whereas like a woman is literally like juggling everything, taking care of everyone, and she like misses one like soccer game and she's a bad <laughs> mom. Like it's just it, it's that whole concept. And I don't I don't really know if um Boy Meets World there's a lot to balance the dynamic between Alan and Amy as the show goes on, but I would like to see that because Amy deserves that. Well that's what I wanted to say. It's like uh I from my memory I am starting to fear and kind of um uh, regret the fact that Amy I don't think Amy's going to get her due. Uh, for this show and it's not to say that they won't ever you know give her storylines it's just to say that to me especially the way that they've set her up so far amy is such a treasure of a character and i feel that we focus a lot on alan and his relationship with the kids i wonder how much of this is just like michael jacobs was just really close to his dad and that's yeah. why all these storylines are so dad focused yeah. uh, maybe it's something that's less you know or, you know malicious than yeah. No, again, it's not it's not even I don't even think that they are doing it on purpose. I think in fact it is a consequence of the show being written when it was, which is that, you know, they focus on you know, the kind of traditional setup of father talking to their son when in fact, I think now we would definitely give Amy just as much time with the kids. I would hope so. I mean, she's she, she's just as good of a character, I guess. But, but you know, we'll hopefully, like we said, the show goes on for another few seasons. So hopefully, we'll see more from that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll keep track of that. All right, and that is our episode. Well, you forget the ridiculous, stupid epilogue. I was going to say the epilogue, which is of Corey trying to be a model, and she go, "Do you have ninety dollars?" And he's like, "See ya." <laughs> exactly. That was the whole funny. epilogue, guys. Like, I did laugh with uh, Corey trying to be the model, just because like the poses he was doing again, Ben Savage. To me is great with comedy so yeah yeah all right so let's go into our feeny taught me feeny taught me lessons from this episode um i would say is that you have to let people learn from their own mistakes that you can't set your own expectations and relationships and that um if you i, I don't know if you if you if you make a decision you need to know the consequences before you make that decision yeah, no, I, I mean, essentially to kind of summarize that, I think that the main lesson here is that uh, families aren't perfect. Everyone has their own role to play, but they may play it differently than you expect. And um, when you do make mistakes, they will have consequences. Yeah. But your family's there to love you, so. Oh, and I think the other thing is that um, you should read any modeling contracts before yeah, you sign. Read all modeling contracts. <laughs> but maybe have a parent that. there before you sign anything. Yeah, was because that, having that, a minor that, sign something without their parent doesn't hold up. But again, I don't even know how that works. Like in terms of the last couple of years, or at least the '90s. But I was like, oh, was that contract even binding? He was 15 years old. No, there's no there's no contract there. He can be an employee that you can fire and, and whatever, but he could quit, but there's no contract. That's a very good point. All right, a grading. What do you want to give this episode? I'm giving it a C. <gasps> I can't. 
can't believe we're going to give it a C. You know what? I'm I would you always influence my grading cuz I was going to give it a B and I still will give it a B. Um but it's just I just thought it was better than a C episode. But maybe I just didn't think it's not that it was it there was just nothing extremely memorable about this episode. I, again, when I feel like we're more done with the season and we're looking back at it, I don't feel that this will be the one of the ones that we're just like, oh, hey, remember that one? That was the good one. I think you're right. I mean, I'm I'm not going to fight you against it when we do our entire look back. I may even forget about this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Again, the only major takeaway from this episode is that we're introduced to Jason's character. So I often uh, look at it in terms of chemistry between the characters and lessons learned. And I feel like this one did have a direction with its lesson um, and everyone pulled it off. So that's my. Well, here's the thing. As the show goes on, the lessons are only going to get better and the characters are only going to get stronger. I, I, I think there is something to the actual stories that they're choosing to tell and like what they decide is is. I don't know. It's hard when you're doing 24 episodes. There's going to be filler episodes. There has to be. And this was a really good... um, Again, this one kind of established Jason for us. And we started to see that we're going to be dealing with people a little bit outside of um, Corey. Sure. Sure, exactly. Which is nice. Which is nice that they're expanding that world. And even next season, we really get that with a lot of new characters that are introduced right off the bat. Yeah. Okay, so that is our episode. Anything else? Uh, no. No, I mean, it was an alright episode. Alright. Thank you guys for listening. This is Bra Meets World. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Bra Meets World or email us at Bra Meets World at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Extra Siege. That's X-T-R-A-C-E-E-J. Uh, and Tony, where are we at? Well, I mean, you can uh, do the Instagram, a braver me. Uh, really, what I want you guys to check out is uh, the Funny or Die series, Zach Morris's Trash on YouTube, because that's what me and Siege have been talking about, and it's hilarious. And the way they analyze that character's uh, motives, uh, Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell, the way they they talk about it, I, I think is pretty in line to the way we were analyzing things in this podcast. So, if you enjoy us, you might enjoy that. All right, and thank you guys so much. Remember to dream. Try and do good. Later, bros. Later, bros.